Hello, and welcome to another episode of We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters invite you to join the romance revolution by recapping our favorite romance novels. Today, we're discussing The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran, the queer bachelor-inspired love story you've been waiting for. Bonus chats include puzzling, tic-tacs, and a debate about whether horseless carriages are just cars. Enjoy the show. like to announce that my tiktok cake video has gotten over a hundred thousand more views in the past 24 hours and it's inching toward 200,000 views i would just like everyone to know that it's one of the most exciting things that's happened to me all year <laughs> i hope it will lead to real change within the cheesecake factory family however my fear so the video is about the cake boxes being too small for the linda's fudge cake slice and making the top of the icing get pulled off when you open the box my fear is that instead of making bigger boxes they'll just make the cake smaller (laughs) in order to fit that is a genuine fear yeah please finish chewing your tiktok i'm not chewing it you don't chew tiktaks yes you do i'm the tiktok i'm the tiktok expert in this house the orange tiktaks you never like the minty ones okay well i need you to finish that i don't know why you put it in why did you eat your Funyuns? Because I can chew that and be done. I'm not sucking on my Funyun for like the next 10 minutes. Mm. Freaking gross. Speaking of gross things, I haven't been able to stop thinking of the Japanese fables. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely been like making the rounds on the internet for a long time. But I saw it most recently, the fish wife yeah. and the clam wife. No, I feel wife. like I've seen it before. No, but they all end with... Should I do a reading? Don't give away the punchline. In the clam wife... I'll just read a synopsis. A man finds a beautiful woman mysteriously appear at his doorway. They become married, and the wife cooks the husband a a delicious bean soup every day. He peeks in on her cooking and discovers that she is urinating clam juice into the soup, so he chases her away. (laughs) No unconditional love for clams. Sad. They all end like that, though. They all end with the the wives being chased away. Making – no, making soup out of their pee. No, just the fish wife and the and the clam wife. There's also the crane wife. The which is fox a little bit different. wife. There was a fox wife. She also was peeing. I don't think so. He just figures out that she is a fox. That's 75% the issue. Seventy five percent of these stories end with pea soup. That's what I'm saying. That's what really <laughs> struck me about. I'd this. say fifty percent. Not the fact that these asshole men didn't like their cool shape shifting wives and like yeah. chase them away. It was the fact they were making pea soup, which is why I like empathize a little bit more with the asshole men because like. That's fucking gross. <laughs> okay. Moving on to other animals. Um, <laughs> something I want to try out. Listeners, you're gonna you you should let us know whether you want this to continue in future episodes. I want to start ranking our main characters by um the likelihood of them being able to fight off a bear. <laughs> so in this book, today today we're gonna talk about we should say that first. Today we're we're gonna talk about the charm offensive by Allison Co- Cochran. Mm-hmm. which is basically just gay bachelor. That's that's what you need to know. And our main characters are Dave and Charlie. And frankly, um, I don't think either of them would do well against a bear. No. Charlie would have the physical power to to stand his ground, you know, hold his own. Yeah. But he would not be able to – his brain would just not be able to follow through on that. Okay. 
Let, uh, so, so let's give – okay, so Dave is a producer on a Bachelor-like show called Ever After. Unfortunately, no reference to the excellent Drew Barrymore movie, um, but <laughs> that's what it's called. <laughs> that is your favorite movie, and I've said many times I'm willing to give it a second chance even though I really don't like Drew Barrymore for some reason, but you've yet to follow through we on should. that. We should. I think it's, it's on a, Netflix or I think it was. it's a great name and the concept of it being like finding your princess and just like in general like fairy tale. The show, not quest. the Drew Barrymore movie. Oh, yeah. Sorry. The show. Yeah. It's just great. I think that <laughs> would be – they get tiaras instead of roses at the yeah. crowning ceremony. Yeah. So, yeah. Dave is a producer. He His name is Dave Deshpande. He is Indian. He wears nothing but – t-shirts and khaki shorts with many pockets in them cargo shorts that's what they're called oh right but they're described as khaki shorts like they're not cargo shorts okay anyway (laughs) and they're all from costco so um we're gonna we'll explore this further but like we're we're half certain that either dave or allison cochran had a costco sponsorship on both the outside and what he puts into his body for dave comes from costco yes his diet is very similar to mine, except for the Costco sourcing. <laughs> We're Sam's Club people. Indeed. <laughs> okay. And then we have Charlie, who is basically just like an Adonis. He's a very intelligent Adonis. He's very tall and muscular he's not very and tall. blonde. And he's not super tall. I mean, Dave is super tall. Dave. Dave is like a string bean. He's 6'4". Yeah. I mean, Charlie's still like 6'1". Like, you know what I mean? He's like tall for the average American man. And he's blonde and he's very smart and he's also a millionaire. Not a billionaire, I will note because – said a few times. What? Billionaire is definitely said a few times. She's no, very you fast misheard. with those definitions. No, you misheard. Um, he is a millionaire, which is important because it means that he's only mildly unethical, not fully unethical <laughs> like a billionaire would be. He's like a tech guy, but not like a Zuckerberg or a Musk. He does have his own company. He did. He's been kicked out of his own company, and he's on the show to restore his reputation. He also has some – so there's some really good representation in this book in terms of mental illness, also in terms of just like gender identity and race. What? I would just like to point out that on the Barnes & Noble page, it is described as a tech billionaire. So – Okay. I'm saying you misheard. I didn't misheard anything. I, I read it on I read it on the Barnes and Noble page. Okay, here's the thing, Rachel. If I misheard, Barnes and Noble misheard. You want to know who writes that? Barnes and Noble doesn't write those descriptions. You want to know who writes that? The like intern that works for the publisher. You know who else describes it as billionaire? Kobu.com ebooks. Okay, it's you know the who same. Else? It's the same, Rachel. It's the same site. It all goes up from the same internal sure. database from the publisher. That's how it works. It's the same description everywhere. Neither of us actually read this book, so who, she might say billionaire in some part, in some points. No, it's here anything. Okay, there's some good representation in this book overall. There are lots of, I would say, it's majority people of color, majority queer people. And Dave and Charlie are obviously both queer, although Charlie doesn't figure that out until like halfway through the book. And Dave and Charlie also have um, various mental health conditions. Dave has severe depressive disorder, uh, which I very much related to. And Charlie has OCD and a panic disorder and social anxiety. So if hearing about those things, things like panic attacks and depressive episodes is triggering for you, um, then this may not be the book for you. So back to the bear attack rankings. <laughs> like we said, I don't think either of them would do well like, in a bear attack. 
Although, okay, so I think Charlie has the muscle, but like he doesn't like to be touched. He gets anxious very easily. And so I think that he would just like immediately crawl into like a fetal position, which may or may not be like the right move. Like, again, we still haven't figured out Mm. the ideal way to survive a bear attack. He certainly wouldn't be besting the bear. He would just be like surviving at best. And Dave, I was initially ready to count Dave out because he is just a string bean. But I don't know. I feel like he could go feral. You know what I mean? Like I feel like his like fight or flight could get activated and like he just like turns into like a wild raccoon or something. Especially like given his outburst towards the end of the book. Um, Wait. So sorry. Back to the tech billionaire. First of all, Charles oh Winshaw is such a bougie name just to begin with. Even if he like wasn't born rich, he feels very rich. Also, can I just say – so he's – all right, fine. Billionaire, millionaire, whatever. He's a tech, you know, mogul. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Have you have you not managed to find the word billionaire anywhere in the text? I didn't look through the whole text. I was right? No. Anyway, listen. Can I just say that in the real world, something that this made me realize since Charles Winshaw is both good-looking and a millionaire, billionaire tech guy, at least right now in the early days of the tech boom, there's still justice in that the billionaires of the tech boom are not hot. I'm sure that'll change in like one or two generations as they start marrying like super hot women slash men. And the next generation of super hot billionaires will be like that. But at least today, Jeff Bezos still looks like a super villain. That's all I have to say. Jeff Bezos looks like an uncircumcised penis. Exactly. He's not hot. I'm sure that'll change. But not that he'll become hot, but his like eventual offspring who will also still be billionaires because hereditary wealth. Yeah. So Dave stands like maybe – a chance against a bear in terms of like like surefire animal instinct charlie stands a chance against the bear only if the bear like decides he's not worthy of eating charlie doesn't do well in a conflict although that part of his journey is like you know becoming better at that and standing up for himself Mm -hmm. but you know bears don't respond well to recent arguments so what he can't advocate for himself to a bear like a bear's gonna be like i don't know what garbled shit you're talking about like yeah (laughs) just going to eat (laughs) and then if we're talking about the women on the show none of them stand a chance because jules i think it was jules or skylar which is dave's production assistant in the beginning she's like yeah we know exactly what kind of girl he wants no taller than five six fits seamlessly into his san francisco life like blah 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 that turns out to not be true, but that's like who they picked. And that just got me thinking about – I've realized this like a long time ago. And then recently I saw a video that like affirmed all my like deeply held suspicions. Have you ever noticed how most beauty standards for women are designed to make you physically weaker? Like being short, being thin, high heels, tight clothes. It's all like designed to make you not survive in a bear attack basically. Yeah. That's really what the patriarchy is after. Like mm-hmm. – Women constantly being subjugated by their fear of bears. (laughs) (laughs) I know it. Okay, anyway. We open open on the book. It is the first day filming. They're at the Ever After Castle slash Bachelor Mansion. And Dave is remembering the first time. He is like a super fan of Ever After. Uh He loves it. And he remembers when he first saw it, when he was like a wee little lad (laughs) and he saw Brad and Vivian or whatever the fuck the first couple's name, they mention them frequently, falling in love. And he was like, that's what made me believe in true love. And I'm sitting here like, I've been watching The Bachelor for a long time. And there was never at any point a time in which I believed that The Bachelor franchise was like, 
meant for true love or whatever. And I would like to note that the first season that I ever watched was Sean Lowe's season. And Sean Lowe is the only person who has ever married his final pick on The Bachelor. And they now have three children. So if any season was going to convince me that The Bachelor was able to produce true love, it would be that season. And so I'm like, Dave, (laughs) level with me, buddy. Like, (laughs) did you have some like child's cop syrup (laughs) at the time? And you were just like really out of it the first time you watched a show and like the rest, every other viewing series was just like associated with that fever dream or like what? Because like, man, Dave. But were you an impressionable five-year-old when he first saw it, however old he was? How old am I? When the season came out in 2013. So I was, no way. Wait, 2013 was eight years ago and I'm 25, which would mean 17, but that doesn't make any sense. Oh, so Charlie has just had a traumatic experience on a horse. And so that's why Dave is going to get switched out to be his handler. Because so the other thing about Dave is that up until like a a few months ago, he was dating another producer on the show named Ryan for six years. And they recently – Yeah. Well, he's a little bit redeemed at the end. But they recently broke up. And Dave – so Dave before this has always been the handler for the women and he really likes that. And Ryan has been like the lead handler usually. But for some reason, they're like – Dave, you can do this, and Charlie and Ryan can't. So they like switch them, right? Or Ryan gets yeah. like a promotion. It's very clear that Alison Cochran has is both a Bachelor fan and is also a fan of the show. Ah, oh, fuck! It's Average the Lifetime Joe. show. No. What? Average Joe. No, no. <laughs> the show. There was a show on Lifetime, and I'm so blanking on the name right now. But it was written or like produced by like a former Bachelor producer, and it was pretty much like this is what it's like behind the scenes on The Bachelor. Mm. Like that was the show, but it was like fiction. It was like you know, it wasn't like a reality television show. Mm. But anyway, she's a very big fan of that show and the Bachelor franchise for sure. So yeah, they're like the show is like a little bit in the streets. Like they haven't been doing that well, and at one point. One of them is like, oh, we have to do this unless you want the show to go the way of Average Joe, which is something you told me about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, I was listening to Learning the Tropes, which is another romance podcast, and um, they were talking about Average Joe and how like – which was, I guess, like an early 2000s reality dating show and how um, one contestant was like, I – my ex-boyfriend, like I have to tell you this because this is – you know, people always freak out when I tell them this, but like, it's not that big a deal, but I need to tell you, my ex-boyfriend was Fabio. <laughs> and he's like, no, no. And he's like, how do I compete with Fabio? No, it wasn't even a contestant. She was the main one. We found the clip, remember? Like, she's the main girl. And I guess the premise of oh, the I show is that him. the premise of the show is that you choose between either an average Joe or like a model type guy, <laughs> and she chose the model, but then told him about the Fabio thing. <laughs> okay, so Dave gets called away from his ladies in the limo. He leaves them in the limo, drinking champagne, doing their bachelorette thing, and he goes back and he finds out that because Ryan was incapable of handling. Charlie as the lead that Dave is now going to be Charlie's handler I guess because Ryan's specialty is like being the like dude bro and like bonding with like masculinity or whatever and like Charlie is not like that so we meet a lot of the other people there is Skylar she is like the head honcho I'm pretty sure um like second in command of the show and she has early female pattern baldness (laughs) 
from the stress. I don't even know if it's female pattern baldness. No, it is. It said early female pattern baldness. But her hair starts growing back at the end. So I think it's just that she's stress balding. Like it's not – female pattern baldness implies it's like a genetic condition. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) And then there's also – Rachel mentioned earlier Jules who is like – Dave's friend um, and then eventually now is like his production assistant and that the creator of the show slash head honcho is Maureen Scott who is like a Karen on heroin so Charlie has been quote labeled a flight risk at this point <laughs> that was funny <laughs> so Dave like goes to move in and he opens the door and as he goes to open the door Charlie decides that it's time for him to get out of the limo so mm-hmm. as Dave opens the door Charlie like is mid you know reach and he just like tumbles out and sprawls at dave's feet it's a cute it's a meat cute yeah it's a really cute meat cute yeah it is but then charlie immediately starts like like dave goes to like help him or something and charlie's like don't touch me but then he's like no no you can like you can touch me anywhere you want just like hand sanitize first please and dave's like uh like dude your mic is hot like you can we're like recording everything which like why would they do that in general? Like what in general mean? on The Bachelor, like why would the doesn't the producers like want everything to get caught? Like why would he be like concerned? Yeah, but Dave is a nice guy. He wants to bond with Charlie. Yeah, he like shoves him back in the limo. Yeah. And Charlie, at this point, he's like already very anxious and he thinks it's like all fake. He's like, all the women are here for fame. It's gonna be a fake I don't engagement. Feel bad. Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's also talking about how much Ryan sucked and how he was like scared of the horses. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like part of the reason that the they're like opening promo shots didn't go well. And I'm like, listen, I've ridden horses. I'm not scared of horses, but they are terrifying objectively. Like they are mm-hmm. so tall. Like sitting on top of one is scary. No, don't like I, it. They're terrifying. And I wish I had never seen the like a huge amount of bruising that one of my fellow campmates got at summer camp one year from a horse because that I feel like just it's a whole nother level once you know they can bite and bite hard <laughs> like they're just like large stupid dogs and I'm already like sometimes randomly scared of dogs so like I don't need extra stupidity and extra largeness from my like canine friends yeah. also so the reason there's horses is because the girls get brought in on carriages which I think is great much better than limos honestly like fairy tale theme wonderful however it just made me think like why aren't there horseless carriages and I recognize that's what they used to call like cars back in the day but why aren't there things that look like carriages but are like automated you know, like little like robots or whatever so that the horses don't have to be like dragged into this and be like pulling people around on pavement, you know, because that's not great for the horses. Why doesn't that exist? Yeah. The first time you told me this idea, I thought it was stupid and I still think it's a stupid idea now. <laughs> like just imagine. They're just cars. Preserve- They're just old no. cars. No, it would look like a carriage though. Like picture like a Cinderella carriage, but it's moving around of its own like volition. It yeah. Doesn't need- and I'm talking about you. That's like the original cars. That's what they fucking look like. They were just carriages with motors. Yes. Rachel's looking this up on her computer. Oh, yeah. Well, kind of. Sure. Sure. But I'm picturing – yeah, I mean, you're right. I think that that looks cool, okay? But I'm picturing – How did that feel coming out of your mouth? None of these – None of these look like Cinderella's carriage, though. That's what I think would sell. Okay, but also like regular carriages with horses don't look like Cinderella's carriage. You need to include this picture because this is what I'm picturing, okay? And it's sold at Walmart. Disney Princess 24-volt carriage-powered ride-on, and it's oh it's, it's a children's toy. However, <laughs> it's wonderful. Listener, I'll put it in the – I'm not opening it right now. Um, listener, I'll, I'll put it in the description, this weird motorized 
Walmart <laughs> carriage that Rachel. I want it. I don't think I would no. fit inside it, but I want it. <laughs> anyway, um, important things to note. Charlie notices that Dave has a crooked smile. And if you were already unsure about whether Dave was going to be a love interest, you know now because a man cannot have a crooked smile in a romance and not <laughs> be the love interest. I don't Another like the rules. thing that actually is not usually strictly hero, I wouldn't say, but we're absolutely hit over the head with it is that Charlie has a chin dimple. It's extremely yeah. important. The more times they say it, the less I think I would find it personally attractive, but it's there. I can – I don't know. I'm thinking more of like a Henry Cavill chin dimple because I've also seen people who's like their chin, like it just looks like a butt. A butt chin, So there's sure. that chin dimple and then there's also like the Henry Cavill chin the dimple. The other kind looks even worse. Oh. Yeah, I just I'm just like saying it. if Charlie looked like Henry Cavill, like I'd have nothing to complain about. Charlie could definitely be Henry Cavill. But like slightly more blonde. What do you mean slightly more blonde? Charlie's blonde. It's not, and Henry Cavill is dark brown hair. Well, this picture that I was looking at of Henry Cavill, his hair looked lighter. I'm picturing the fantastic chin. Or like what is it? What is he from? He's from like Jimmy Neutron or – not Jimmy Neutron. No, no Jimmy um, Turner, some, the fairly Jimmy odd Jimmy, hair. Yeah, the barely, crimson yeah, yeah, yeah. chin. Yes, the, the crimson chin. chin. Yes, that's what I'm picturing. And the more times it's brought up and the more times it's like Dave bit the chin dimple, I'm like, okay. it's It has like a life of its own. Like what is this like giant monstrosity? Like <laughs> – it's got to be very big. At one point, Dave is like, oh, there's there's toothpaste in his chin dimple. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But actually, Dave, I don't think initially thinks it's, it's attractive because I wrote this down. Like for, like one of his first thoughts is like, oh, he's such a – he's the most handsome man even with the chin dimple. So Wow. Yeah. So Dave pushes him back into the limo, gives him a little pep talk, turns off his mic. They bond. Dave is very respectful of Charlie and like very chill. And then they go out and Charlie's like, I can't do this. I, like, I have to quit. And Dave is like, you're not going to fucking quit. And then Charlie vomits all over oh Dave's shoes and his terrible cargo pants. And yeah. Dave is like, this isn't anything out of the ordinary. It just usually happens later in the night from like the drunk. Yeah. <laughs> at one point, I don't know when this happens, but at one point Dave is thinking like how cute Charlie is and how he just wants to squeeze him. And it just reminds me of like the general violence urge that I have for cute things. Like I don't know if anyone else – I never thought about this until one of my teachers for some reason brought it up in high school. I specifically remember she was like, yeah, do you guys ever just see like a really cute kitten and you just like want to throw it across the room? Like <laughs> – and for me, it's like I just like clench my teeth and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. And apparently that's like a real thing for some reason. I wonder if it's similar to the foot fetish thing where it's like the reason people have that is because it's like close to the brain to like, you know, sexual things. So I, when the, the wires get crossed, I wonder if it's like violence and cuteness are like very close to the brain. Yeah. And so like they just get switched a little bit. You just want to like kill it a little bit. But not really. You but just, just like uh, – Like it's the same as like teeth clenching when you're angry. But it's like it's so cute. I can't. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I used to want to bite Peggy. Peggy was our <laughs> old pug like all the time. Oh, I would be like, oh my god, I just want to like so bite your head. <laughs> I remember oh. being afraid because her ears were so velvety. I remember being afraid that someone would like kidnap her and steal her ears to make velvet. She does have very soft ears. Mm. <laughs> okay. So Dave is like rustling, ruffling Charlie's hair, trying to like calm him down. Charlie is blushing and he like doesn't understand why, but it's clearly because he's in love with Dave already. Yep. And Charlie specifically, like Dave describes Charlie's teeth as straight and white. And I'm like, that's the only straight thing about him. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie also, Charlie tells Dave that he thinks the that he thinks like ever after is fake. 
And Dave gets like really offended by that because his like, you know, he obviously thinks it's very real and like fairy tale love is real. And his old boyfriend Ryan thought it was fake. So it's like a trigger for him. But I'm sitting here thinking, like, just because Charlie thinks the bachelor ever after is fake, it doesn't mean that he thinks that like love is fake. You know, it's not synonymous. Like, Dave, you gotta like do a little and Dave will do the work here to like separate that. But yeah. Um Well, Charlie does also kind of think love is fake. Yeah, I guess he doesn't so. like it's never happened to him um, yeah. because of his various like anxieties and also the fact that he's gay and not into women at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, this whole time I'm thinking, and this continues until they finally do get him drunk. I'm like, why don't they actually just get Charlie a little bit drunk? Like that might it might it might have backfired, and you know, anxiety can definitely be like heightened by being drunk. But we find <laughs> out later that Charlie definitely does loosen up a little bit when he's like had a little bit to drink. So like he's already going to be throwing up. Why not like? You know. Oh my God. <laughs> I just don't understand. Okay. Seems to be their MO every other time. But Dave is like, Charlie, what's your type? And Charlie's like, I don't have a type. And I'm like, that's because he likes men, Dave. <laughs> he doesn't have a type of woman because it's not no women. The Dave narrator does a great Corella Deville voice for Maureen. Like he's just off the charts. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, I would say these these narrators have like a much bigger range for female character voices than usual. I feel like usually male narrators will have like a normal-ish female voice and then like an annoying female voice for like the side characters, you know? Or the worst case mm-hmm. is that their general voice is that like weird like action movie like seductress voice, if you know what I mean. Yeah, horrible. Yeah. So they did a good job. So Charlie starts to meet the women. He's very awkward. The first woman out is um, Daphne Reynolds. And I, Rachel, I will say that I led you astray because <laughs> – Daphne Reynolds, I thought in my head, I was like, oh, that's the name of the Scooby-Doo character. It's not the name of the Scooby-Doo character. The Scooby-Doo character is named Daphne Blake, but it is the name of the character from What a Girl Wants. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I was like, I know I recognize this name from somewhere. She doesn't look anything like Amanda Bynes. She honestly like looks more like the evil stepsister, like the way she's described. But yeah, same name. I don't think on purpose. I think it's probably like a subconscious thing. I just kept thinking Debbie Reynolds, but also for some reason picturing Marnie from Halloween Town. I don't know how why the name Debbie just like Debbie Reynolds is in Halloween Town. She plays the grandmother. Oh, okay. So then that's why. There's also another Debbie who's like Disney Channel related. Oh, Debbie Ryan. Debbie Ryan. That's like, yeah, so Debbie Ryan for some reason kind of looks like she doesn't really look like her, but like kind of reminds me of like Marnie. And then like it's a square chin, the Debbie and, like, the situ- and the hair, the hair color yeah. sort of. So like for some reason that's I'm picturing Marnie this entire time. Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. doesn't look anything. She just looks like Barbie. Like that's how she described Daphne Reynolds. Mm-hmm. Some of the other important women is Angie, who is bisexual and biracial, and going to medical school, right? Yeah, like she's amazing. I would like to date Angie. Angie, if you're if you're real and also available, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> Um, what is the other, what's the villain? Oh, Megan. 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 Megan, she's the villain mm-hmm. of the season. And then there's like other, there's like a Sabrina and then there's Lauren L. And those, they're only really relevant because they make it to the top four. Yeah. And everyone else is just sort of like in the background, which is also very accurate to The Bachelor. Like yeah. I don't really bother memorizing people's names unless like I think they're cute or unless like they make it to the top six. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, Charlie is awkward, but they like Dave manages to loosen him up to clean the throw up out of his chin dimple. He meets all the women. He immediately <laughs> forgets their names, which I very much relate to. And the night is off until Maureen Scott proves why she sucks so much. 
and brings in the current slash ex-boyfriend of one of the women, which is a very common bachelor trope. And he starts slut shaming her and like yelling at her. And Charlie has social anxiety. So he's like, I don't know what the fuck to do right now, but I don't like that you're slut shaming her. And then Charlie gets punched in the face. Yep. Yep. And I don't really understand how this makes Charlie look bad, except that he like freezes up, I guess. But he's like on the verge of like, you know, giving him a piece of his mind, but then he just gets punched in the face. So I don't understand how this would make Charlie look bad. But And Dave doesn't do anything. That's important. Dave like is about yeah. to rush out to stop him. And then Ryan is like, dude, no, it's good TV. Mm-hmm. I think that I thought that was like a very good impression of the Ryan voice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good job. And yeah, but then like Charlie has two black eyes and Maureen is like, oh, we I hope you don't know. Like we didn't bring him on purpose. And Charlie like obviously <laughs> sees through her, her bullshit, but like he signed like really restrictive contracts or whatever. But he could definitely afford to like get out of it this whole time, I feel like. Yeah. But he um but he wants to restore his reputation. That's sort of the thing. Like he's rich enough to buy himself out of this contract, but like it's going to make his reputation worse if he like dips. Mm-hmm. So Charlie has two black eyes and Dave and him are bonding in the medical tent before the what is it? The crowning ceremony, which mm-hmm. is like the rose ceremony. Yeah. And um they're just like yeah, I don't know. They're just like bonding and they're both like Charlie's anxious and Dave is like thinking about how like he gets bursts of energy and then he crashes into depressive episodes. Bursts of energy where he eats a lot of Costco cookies. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. This this book just kind of like squeezes my little queer neurodivergent heart. Are we going to talk about – I don't know if this is like appropriate or not, but I feel like Charlie was very like coded as if he was on the spectrum, but like not yeah. at all explicitly. There was just like a lot of little things. Like he doesn't like to be touched. He like he needs warning. He has meltdowns. Yeah. He has certain like restrictions about um clothing, like yeah. sensitivities. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yes, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I wonder. I mean, yeah, I'm not gonna diagnose. I know Alison Cochran like very much wrote from her own experience for both of these characters. And obviously she knows herself better than, you know, <laughs> we do. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was interesting. Like Charlie was very much like coded in that way, but um I also am like not familiar enough with like the intricacies of an anxiety and a panic disorder and like OCD. Cause like there are comorbidities for like most yeah. things. Um there's like a lot of overlap. For neurodivergency so i don't know but yeah date charlie's like i can't do this and dave is giving me the pep talk and he's like i can make you fall in love and i was like yes <laughs> yeah you can you can make him fall in love with you <laughs> <laughs> yep and so for some reason maureen scott thought it would be a good idea to force dave and charlie to live together this whole time because like charlie's a flight risk oh right right yeah <laughs> right but I'm just like, girl, like it just also from what we learn about her later, like she's very homophobic and racist. Yeah. So it seems. Yeah, I don't know. She's like wildly abusive. I mean, you find that like Skylar's hair falling out. Everyone's on edge when Maureen Scott is around. And you really see that later, like at the end, like she leaves for a little bit and then comes back. And Charlie is like, you know, everyone was chill and like relaxed before. And like now that Maureen Scott mm-hmm. is here, they're all like really on edge. So it's very much like a super abusive work environment. And I guess that like Maureen Scott is like so confident in her own abilities to like control. Dave does like hero worship her. This whole, like for most of yeah. this book, he's still like very much convinced that she is creating this like wonderful vision and everything she does is just like for the good of the show. Yeah. 
So where were we? So we do the crowning ceremony. It's like, I mean, I'm sorry that if you got like if people listening, I'm sorry if you like aren't at all familiar with The Bachelor, which I recognize is probably the case for a lot of you, because I'm just going to be comparing everything to The Bachelor and probably not giving that much explanation for what it's like. Just watch like just read like a summary of like the latest season of The Bachelor. Like, there you go. Charlie's doing morning yoga um, and he uh, he got in his contract. So um it's like commonly known that people on The Bachelor like don't have access to their phones or any technology, but Charlie got that in his contract that his publicist negotiated and his publicist is named Parisa and they like do face masks together and they're cute and like she sexually objectifies him in a joking way and like <laughs> they bond and they love each other um, and like she's like his little like voice of reason, which is important for Charlie to have. For some reason, he puts that conversation on speaker, even though Dave's in the next room. It's like... <laughs> Are you trying to be like, look at me, like I have friends. I don't know. <laughs> like, but it's nice. So now we have the first group date, which is I think they're called group quests. Yep. Angie and Charlie kiss at like the night portion of the date and Charlie has a panic attack. Like he like can't handle it. Mm-hmm. And Dave like really talks him down and like also at one point holds his hand. I don't know at what point, but like he holds Charlie's hand and Charlie's like, why does this feel so different from <laughs> holding the hands of all the other women? <laughs> And this is when Dave has his Costco, like, coffee and his Costco cookies. And I we were just, like, at this point, like, okay, there's some sort of Costco sponsorship. Khaki coffee cookies. It's the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> the three cuz of Costco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at this point, we were, like, there's some sort of sponsorship going on. Like, we're – I know I know how ads are looped into movies. I'm in the know. <laughs> we did have to watch Elf in middle school and have to – like pick out every single product placement and then you also got extra credit for picking out the three menorahs wow. we're informed consumers did you not have to do that i no you oh, did we you did take <laughs> you took a film class in high school no this was in health in middle school it was a mandatory class <laughs> oh we didn't do that no everyone had different health and gym teachers. there was like 10 yeah. gym teachers yeah. that like all rotated i had coach for health mm-hmm. and that's where i learned that staying alive had the same beat of CPR. So like when you're giving CPR oh. to someone, you're like, ah, 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 staying alive. <laughs> he was full of fun facts because he also he was, was in like a badminton league and he's the one who I learned that yeah. badminton is the fastest sport in the world. The shuttlecock goes like so fast. I can't – I don't know how, but like hundreds of miles an hour in the first like few microseconds after it's hit. Yeah. And I've always wondered where that badminton league exists because like now that I'm an adult, I could join it. <laughs> yeah. He also told us once about the fact that he has like no like pain receptors in his arm or something or like his <laughs> hand because he was like, yeah, I like sliced my hand open and I just like didn't feel anything. And I was like, you're insane. <laughs> He's like, I just like went upstairs to my wife and I was like, honey, we got to go to the hospital. <laughs> Somehow that's an advantage in badminton or something. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't even use a racket. And CPR because you don't get tired. Yeah. What a a guy. Yeah. Wow. If he's still out there, what a blessing to the children of the middle school. Listen, you were cool, which is shocking, but he was – because he was very much like a sports bro. Like you would think that he'd be one of those people that only valued like the super athletic kids, but like no, he was very chill. Good, good man. Good on you. He played badminton. I have yet to meet an untrustworthy badminton player. That's true. You're right. Please, nobody prove us wrong. (laughs) Don't email like if if you know of some like scandal in the badminton world. Like I don't want to know about it. Let me live in my naivete. (laughs) Okay, so this is when Dave gets the idea to do (laughs) his fake date, and he's like, "What Charlie needs is some practice." 
So I'll just take him out on a date for practice. No Um, other reason. (laughs) Definitely not. So they go to like a typical, I guess, like first date for most people, which is just like a – they go out to breakfast, I think. It's a really crowded cafe, brunch. And Charlie does not like crowded places, which I feel you with that, Charlie. I'm like just constantly looking for escape routes. And they're sitting there and Charlie's like very much on edge and he's like – I'm vegan and what what else? Dairy-free or gluten-free? No, obviously dairy-free. He's like very healthy. Well, he's like trying to get out of it. He's like, I'm vegan and gluten-free. Like, I don't know if we'll be able to find anywhere. And Dave's like, this is in LA. Like, we'll be able to find somewhere that's both vegan and gluten-free. <laughs> like, okay. So he like drags him <laughs> to this cafe and Charlie's very uncomfortable. And there's like – they're both like sitting under the table. And I guess as we said before, they're both like pretty tall. So their knees are like bumping against <laughs> each other. And I think Dave is the one who's like, oh, it's like the first night handshake all over again. Again, but with knees. <laughs> like, yeah. So Dave like eventually is like, wow, I was doing this like fake date, but I didn't practice date, but I didn't even think to like ask Charlie where he would want to what he would want to do. And Charlie's like, Well, I like puzzling. I like doing puzzles, which so do we. We love puzzles. Um <laughs> and I appreciate that he likes to do puzzles while also like watching or listening to something else because we always listen to audiobooks and Charlie likes to watch The Expanse, which is like a science sci-fi show that he likes. Silent puzzling is just not it. Like I I need like some kind – like puzzling is a great thing to do like while ingesting information in another form. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to point out my own personal vindication, which is that Charlie not only – looks at the picture when he's puzzling. (laughs) But he has a display stand for the picture so he can see it at all times. And listener, let me fill you in on this. So we puzzle with our mom. It's the three of us. And it's mostly our mom, but Rachel also sometimes joins in in attacking me about looking at the picture during the puzzle because they're like, oh, it's cheating. It Why are you always looking at the picture? No, no, no. It just makes it go too And fast. I'm just saying Charlie fucking Winshaw not only looks at the picture but has a display stand for it and I am vindicated. It's the vindicated vindication of the rights of puzzlers. <laughs> I don't know why you're trying to embarrass Charlie like this. Why do you want to make it hard? Like, why are you trying to make puzzles? We do, listener, we do like I a thousand piece puzzles minimum. We're currently doing like a 2000 piece puzzle. Like that's hard enough. Puzzle, like the difficulty of the puzzle is finding all the pieces. So <laughs> they go and do a little puzzle date. Puzzing. Dave calls it puzzing. Dave says that, which is a mistake. You did not have said, put that into Charlie's. It's like me, how it. in the fourth grade I did a project on Betsy Ross who sewed the original American flag. And while I was doing research on her, I was like, why is so spelled Sue? Like, that's so dumb. It should be pronounced Sue. Just in my head. And then during my presentation, I was like, Betsy Ross sued the first American <laughs> flag. And to this day, that was in the fourth grade. To this day, I still, in my head, I'm like, Sue. My brain has never been able to get that out. I have so many words like that. It's like heroin instead of heroin. I'm like, it's a hero. It's a heroine. Why would it be like the drug? It's not heroin. Yeah. Like it is heroin. It is. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. So Dave punches like Charlie in the arm and like congratulations, like a friendly bro punch and then like massages his bicep and Charlie just like leans into he's just like oh my god this is the best thing that's ever happened to me and I'm like for a man that doesn't like touching you sure do like Dave's touching (laughs) Charlie is the classic like 
oh, I exercise so much because it helps with my anxiety, which I had to like fact check this and I did look look into it. I always thought of for some I guess yeah, I guess this is just like me not knowing, but apparently weightlifting can be good for like anxiety. It's not just like running and like aerobic exercise. Keep that in mind. If you hate running, you can still <laughs> exercise. Exercise produces endorphins. And yeah. Endorphins make you happy. And happy people just don't kill their husbands or have social anxiety. <laughs> This is just my own personal bias, I guess. But for some reason, I just think of weightlifting as like something you do to like look good and not actually something that like – but I guess it is. No. It is. Yeah. No, I, I mean I take it, it – it's, it's absolutely wrong. It's also good for like long-term health because if you have muscles, like they're constantly like – Yeah. They're more efficiently burning calories. No, and I know it, like, this helps, to be whatever. true. I know I'm wrong. I just – it's just how what I was thinking of it as. Okay. So Parisa and Charlie do face masks. That's cute. I just like that they do face masks. Yeah. Um, and then Charlie is – oh, he's washing his face from the face mask. Mm-hmm. And Dave comes into the bathroom and surprises him. And it's described as like, Charlie drops his towel. And in my head, I was like, despite the fact that Charlie did not just shower, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. He had a towel around his waist and he's dropped it. And now he's standing in the nude. And then I was like, why aren't – isn't anyone commenting on the fact that Charlie is just standing in the nude in this shower? Uh-huh. And then I realized that it was just his face towel. And I really – it was like a big disappointment for me because like I really wanted him to just be standing in the nude. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of it as like a Blackstone Dragon situation where Matthew was just like conducting an entire conversation with his siblings while completely naked and no one says anything. And or Matthew was going to the hospital completely naked <laughs> and like eventually they give him some clothes. Oh my god. Unfortunately not. The next – as we learn, the next group quest is the women having to find frogs and kiss them. Horrible. Which is just like recipe for straight salmonella. And I know this because I have a friend. I was at summer camp in middle school and for some reason, like I don't remember. We had like a prank war with like – this was like church camp, obviously. So we had like some kind of prank war going with like another church group and we thought it would be like funny to put frogs in their tent because it's something else they'd done to us. This was not unprovoked. Okay. Wait, this right. is real? And this isn't a dream? This is real. This is real. It's what the fuck, dream. Rachel? Why haven't I heard of this? Is it because you're so ashamed of it that you've never told me I'm about not it? Ashamed. I'm not the one who got salmonella. Anyway, we did that and then my friend straight up got salmonella. I'm not going to name names here, but you know who I'm talking about. And it was traumatic for everyone involved. Oh, that's how she got salmonella? Yeah. <gasps> wow. We didn't, we didn't kiss the frogs. That was just from like touching the frogs. What a and twist. I guess, like inadvertently touching, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I've been chugging like bowlfuls of brownie, raw brownie mix for like, <laughs> decades. And salmonella has yet to get me. <laughs> you only recently learned that you can also get salmonella from the raw flour. Yeah, what like, the that's fuck? That's also bad for you. Yeah. I don't care. I've also been eating <laughs> I don't care dough, either. Yeah, like, I don't care. For years. Like anytime yeah. our grandma makes something, I just like a little nibbly, a little nibble. It's not even if it's not raw dough. What? Not- I don't know. I'm just adapting a song. Are you just making <laughs> – oh. I was like, is that a real song? No, it is a real song. It's it's by the 19 – it's 1975 or 1980 – 1975. It's not living if it's not with you. It's not living Oh, oh no. I thought specifically the raw dough lyrics <laughs> no. were a real song. It's like that – oh, shit. What was that song? The the pussy song. <laughs> what? The, the song where the guy is like – My back. No, 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 no. The, the like 1970s song that we listened to. Oh, fuck. The Coca-Cola. Yeah. The Coca-Cola of like my pussy. pussy tastes like Coca-Cola. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That's the Lana Del Rey song that made me think of that because – Okay, okay. So apparently we learned this. Where, where did we learn this? From like a podcast? 
how I think apparently it was dirty sexy history. So yeah, so Coke, how they use Coca Cola yeah, as, as like birth control. Yeah, like everyone knows that Coca Cola used to have cocaine, so like I guess it used to maybe be mildly effective, but also like wildly harmful. But people kept doing that. No. They would shake up a bottle and sit on it. They kept doing it for like years after, right? And then the, there's a song from the '50s about my like I forget what the, how the, what the like rhythm was, but it was like Coca Cola douche. She got uh-huh. that Coca-Cola douche. Then it made me think of the song Cola by Lana Del Rey. I haven't found anything to corroborate this, but the beginning of that song is my pussy tastes like Pepsi Cola, right? And I'm sure Pepsi – Pepsi was also used. It wasn't like exclusive to Coke. So I'm like, is Lana also referencing this? What's the connection here? I don't think there is a connection, but like it all just came together, you know, when you had one of those moments. <laughs> Of like kismet. Anyway, we'll link to that song below. I'm just gonna put a little content warning on the Coca Cola Pussy song. <laughs> Coca Cola Douche. Very the Coca Cola Douche song. They're very excessive to an extent, <laughs> like slurping and like oh, sucking yeah. sounds in that song. So if that's something that does not appeal to you, um, it doesn't appeal to me. But I like managed to listen to the song fine. But just letting so you know, like before you listen to that <laughs> song, that um, it's a little gross. <laughs> it's a little grody. It's very they're very exuberant. They really get into character while singing this song. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's the kissing the frog group date, and then there's a disa- Daphne and Charlie have like a one on one, and it's a disaster because Charlie's once again awkward, and Dave comforts him, and then Ryan storms in, and he like calls Charlie crazy, which is very triggering for both Charlie and Dave because they both have mental health issues, and like being called crazy has very negative connotations. Dave like calls Ryan out. He's like, "Don't like, did you think I was crazy when we dated?" And, like, Ryan, like, gaslights him. It's like, why are you being so sensitive? Like, he just – he's like, you're being absurd. And, like, ugh, I don't care. Like, I know we get a little bit of redeeming of Ryan, like, later. But, like, he still sucks. Like, yeah. there's still, like, a lot of – like, one. the reason they broke up is because – well, it would have been, like, six years of building up. But, like, on Dave's 28th birthday, it was, like, a surprise party thrown by Jules. And Ryan showed up with a girl's – Goonies t-shirt he got from Target like right Last before the second. party like, like in the Target pay. bag yeah and Dave was like oh he like for like my birthday like he didn't even get me like he didn't even put any thought into like this gift and he didn't even get me something that fits me and I'm like like I don't really care what Ryan's explanation is like he's still a shitty partner here's the thing about Ryan that circling back to the love hypothesis remember how we were saying that like we should have known Tom was going to be a baddie because he was the favorite of the abusive advisor Ryan is Maureen's favorite, right? So like he's he has the favor of like the shitty like overlord abusive boss. So red flag. I think I just like have very low tolerance for people who are like unsatisfied in their relationship and don't just break up with people. Well, I don't think Ryan was unsatisfied. At one point later, Ryan is like, Dave is constantly like, oh, I have to be fun, Dave, all the time. And I have to like put on this mask. And like Ryan never wanted not fun Dave and he like confronts Ryan about that and Ryan is like you never let me see anyone besides fun Dave like whenever you, you would have depressive up depressive episodes you would push me away whenever I would recommend therapy you would like bite my head off and like listen I understand I like I understand where Ryan's coming from I understand him being like well you never let me in but they were together for six years you know and I'm like I want at some point you have to be like if you're not gonna let me in then we're not together anymore. 
And then Ryan still treated him like, like Ryan didn't give him a fucking birthday present. Ryan like was very like dismissive. Ryan was always very upfront about not believing in like marriage and true love the same way Dave does. Yeah, no, I mean, Dave was definitely, they shouldn't have been together in the first place, but I just like, it doesn't excuse it for me from Ryan. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, back at the ranch, Dave and Charlie are talking about how Dave wanted, like, had an, like, aspiring childhood dream of being a filmmaker. And while Dave is telling him this, this is from Charlie's perspective, Dave smiles and it's described as, like, parabolas extending up from his mouth, like his wide (laughs) smile. And all I can picture is the cartoon Grinch smiling. <laughs> like that, like, you're a mean one. And like his just mouth like goes yeah. up. And like between this and the fact that like Dave can control both his eyebrows like individually, like he can like raise them, like he can do like mm-hmm. a little wave with his eyebrows. It's possible that Dave is like secretly Jim Carrey, I think. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he has yeah. so much control over his facial muscles. <laughs> Yeah, because Jim Carrey, didn't you say, like, he they were originally going to do, like, a bunch of prosthetics and, like, fake shit for the Grinch, like, the live-action Grinch? But Jim Carrey was like, nah, I can just do all that. <laughs> we don't need – With my I don't face. Need help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In case anyone who didn't know, the live-action Grinch, like, that is not CGI or, like, any sort of special effects. It's literally just fucking Jim Carrey's face painted green. Like, it's <laughs> – it's just Jim Carrey's face. Like, he is just capable of making all of those facial expressions. It's <laughs> wild the amount of control this man has over his face. <laughs> but Charlie's like, oh, can I read your script? Because Dave has written a script. It is like a queer Bollywood inspired rom-com with like all Desi main characters. And Dave is very hesitant to let him read a script. But Charlie's like, please let me read your script. But before he reads the script, Dave spills shit all over his shirt. Mm-hmm. And he has a big stain. And Charlie has like an OCD panic attack. Wanting to and soak he's, it. It's so – it's very cute but also very sad how confused Charlie is by the fact that like Dave isn't being mean about his anxiety attack. That he's not like making fun of him or like yelling at him about it. That he's just being very understanding. It always makes me so sad when characters are like, this person treated me like a human being? What? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I just want to wrap them in a little blanket. This is when the Costco sponsor- sponsorship just like comes in full force because he's just like, it's just a shirt, Charlie. They come in Costco three packs. <laughs> is this when the Morse code thing comes in? Charlie and or Dave is like tapping a word. I can't remember what word. Like calm, calm. And they both know Morse code, which is just like excellent. More people should learn Morse code. I don't like fully know Morse code. I made an effort to learn the alphabet like five years ago. Got like maybe – 85% of the way through. <laughs> but I know SOS. Yeah. And that's that's the important thing to know. I'll demonstrate for everyone. Ready? Oh, is this a time to tell my Morse code story? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So, so it was during the pandemic. There was well, during like, the, it was early in the pandemic. I think it was 2020. Mm-hmm. And we were all at my mom's house, like my brother, Rachel, and me um, were on the same house. And I kept waking up at like – two three in the morning at the same time every night and hearing this like vibrating buzzing pulsing sound that was like that was sos it was morse code for sos and it was like bum 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 and i and our our house there's like woods and then there's like a highway behind it and sometimes you can hear like when there's big trucks and so i was like maybe there's just like the way that the road is like when the big trucks go over like a something in the road like it's making this morse code and then i was like 
is someone living in our attic and like <laughs> typing out this Morse code? Like, is it aliens? Like, I could not figure it out. It was like such, I was having such an existential crisis about it. And then, then I realized, I don't know how I realized this, but I realized that it was actually our brother's phone. No, because you were like, it's coming from the back of the house. Like, <laughs> what's your ringtone? Yeah. And it, it was, yeah, it was Stefan's fucking phone, his Buzz vibrating pattern for some reason was set to SOS, which is an actual <laughs> setting that you can have on an iPhone. And so I guess like people were just blowing up his phone at like two, three in the morning, and like our walls are very thin, so I could hear everything. And I was like being like driven slowly insane by this fucking ringtone, which is really weird because my room is in between your two rooms, and I was not being woken up from it. And I'm, like, a very, very light sleeper. Like, usually, like, Stefan and I, and I have had many fights about him, like, being up at 3 a.m. gaming and keeping me up. But <laughs> it's just something about the resonance. It was just meant – maybe it really was, like, aliens asking for help. And then, like, maybe. they got the I'm help. Sorry, aliens, so they had to, like, you're listening, I'm gaslight sorry. you into thinking it was just the phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> okay. So Charlie stays up all mm-hmm. night to read Dave's script. And he is, like – I've never read a story about gay people before, and I feel really seen. He's like, why do I relate so much to this story? And at this point, he's still like, no, I definitely like women. There's like no way that I'm queer. And he's like, I don't like anyone. He's like, what the fuck? Um, And he's having like severe gay panic. And he tells Dave that, that he can't sleep because of the show, but it was actually his gay panic. And then he fucking masturbates to Dave. <laughs> Starts masturbating after reading the script. And he's picturing Dave, and he's like, "Oh, I hope this Isn't doesn't he awaken like, anything he's in He's like me. Daphne's face on Dave's body. He Angie's tries, but then Dave's like Dave's body. eyes, yeah. he like tries to picture Daphne's face, but it's it's just he's like, like Angie's Dave. face with Dave's eyes on Dave's body. Wait, wait, Dave, I'm pretty sure Dave has described Rachel as having cow's eyes, like brown, oh, yeah. like wide cow's eyes. Oh, you're vindicated. Cute. Yeah, cows are so cute." They're so soulful, soulful. Are you eating a Tic Tac again? No comment. I saw it in your mouth. <laughs> I'm not accepting criticism at this Swallow time. Swallow the Tic Tac. So the next morning, Swallow Dave, it. No. Dave Open your mouth. Like- Open your mouth. I just feel like I feel like the like the cat skill for you. Like I feel like you're a dog and I like have pinching the side of your cheeks, being like, What do you have in your mouth? What do you have in your mouth? They're so yum. They're so good. I haven't had one in years. Stop eating them. You can wait. You can wait I'm until so we're hungry. done. I'm so hungry. Tic Tacs have one calorie in them, Rachel. They're not sustaining your hunger. All right. So the next morning, Dave <laughs> decides to make pancakes. And Charlie is like, these pancakes are fucking disgusting. But of course, he still eats them. They're like, they're somehow both burned on the outside and raw on the inside, which if you've never fallen prey to that particular uh, temptation of like cranking the heat up to like cook the pancakes faster, don't try it. It does not work. <laughs> Me and Dave can both attest to that. <laughs> you just thought, there's only one speed at which pancakes cook and it's slow. And if you, you're not ready for that, you don't – you can't have pancakes really. Also, I don't remember how this comes up, but Charlie says something about feeling like he's like making a lot of saliva or something. Right? Or that his mouth is dry. I don't remember which one it is, but it just got me thinking, is it possible that saliva production is constant? Somehow, like, you pr- you always produce the same amount of saliva no matter how old you are. Because I remember as a kid just, like, constantly feeling I had so – like, I had so much spit in my mouth. 
And at the dentist, especially when they're like when the dental hygienist is doing the cleaning and having to keep your mouth open, I'd be like, I'd feel like I was like drowning in like pools of spit. Like it would just be like welling up in my mouth and feeling so awkward. And then like as soon as she would take it out, the implement out, I would like try to swallow real fast. And then they're always like, Are you okay? But that happens less now that I'm an adult. And like sometimes my, my mouth will even be like be dry when I wake up instead of the opposite of like feeling like I just swallow all the time. So yeah, food for thought. If anyone knows the answer to that. I really doubt that it's true, but I feel like it's something that's possibly – it's like the same way that your eyes are the same size. You know, they don't grow. Mm-hmm. Is your saliva production the same size? I don't know. Okay. Also, during the pancake eating episode, Dave is like – to Charlie, he's like, you're staring at me. Do I have something on my face? And Charlie is like – I don't know if he thinks this or says it out loud. He's like, you always have something on your face, which is just like <laughs> – Come on, Dave. Come on. Like, so grubby. Carry around a hand mirror if you have to. Use shiny surfaces <laughs> that present themselves like the rest of us. He also then – this might be later, but he is eating cheddar popcorn and then wipes his white cheddar popcorn fingers on his shirt. <sighs> on his black it's just T-shirt. so grubby. It's Sir. I just – Dave, <laughs> simmer down. So we have, okay, I mean, fast forward, we have like more disastrous dates. Charlie has panic attacks. Dave's comforts him. It's sort of like a cycle. Dave also just important. He has a lot of pet names for Charlie. He calls Charlie love all the time, which like I really enjoy. I really enjoy when heroes call their significant others love. I, it works here. Chef's it doesn't gifts. always work for me. It feels like random, but here it feels very much like calming and like – Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the way the narrator said it. Yeah. I feel like I I agree. I feel like the only time it usually works for me is in like historicals. No, I don't know that I've ever so seen random. a contemporary do it. There's just something about like imagining a British man saying like love that mm-hmm. is just like very like good for me. Um, But Dave is not British and it's still good for him. So well done, Dave. Uh, mm-hmm. And well done, I think, the narrator. I think the narrator, like just the way they – he they, did all, they both did a great job. There was two different narrators. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was dual perspective. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, they're in New Orleans uh, because the show travels to a lot of different places and does all these cool dates. So they go to New Orleans <laughs> and they're taking <laughs> Charlie out. to New Orleans? I'll link to that SNL skit. Yeah. And Dave is like, well, I am a fashion loser and I only wear t-shirts and cargo shorts. <laughs> so I need to borrow that. a jean jacket from you, I need Charlie. to borrow something. Yeah. And then the jean jacket's the only thing that's like remotely. Not like business casual. Yeah. And Dave is like, this is great. It's like very big on him. And he's like, naturally, it's big on me because Charlie could cover Dave like a duvet. Yeah. <laughs> This is not – this is the first time but not the last time that is used. And it's great every time. Mm-hmm. It's lovely. Um, and Dave is like, I haven't had sex in three months or whenever the fuck he and Ryan broke up. And I'm going to hook up with someone tonight. And Charlie gets super drunk super quickly. And he's like constantly going out to people and he's like, meet my friend Dave. Dave is beautiful and I love him. And the people are like, you're beautiful and I love you. And Charlie's like, no, no, my friend Dave. Charlie's like, that's a very nice offer, but I'm currently dating 10 women on a reality television show. <laughs> <laughs> also, Dave is like, wow, Charlie Winshaw is the first person who ever told me I was beautiful. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dave gets very overwhelmed because of his huge crush on Charlie. And he goes outside to get some air. And then Charlie is like looking around for Dave. And it's like so tender. He's like, oh, my God, where's Dave? Like, oh, no. And he goes outside. And they're both very drunk. And they have a drunk kiss against the wall. 
in New Orleans. <laughs> and after they finish kissing, Harley's like, thank you. Today. <laughs> he's just, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie does ask for consent. I want to emphasize. Consent is very much emphasized in this book. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, they're both very hungover. So Charlie's like huddled in the tub or something when Jules comes in to get him. And then Dave comes in afterwards holding a huge coffee cup. And he's like, you ready to go? He says condescendingly. And then as he's just – the visual image I want you to have is just like standing there holding the cup, turns a fraction of a degree towards the sink, throws up in the sink, stands up lots the corners of his mouth and what did you say yeah. you're like it's like a sims character it's like, he seems like a sims like this is what a sims would do and these two dummies both pretend not to remember the kiss because they're both dummies yeah now they're oh they're they're making floats it's a group date they're making mm-hmm. floats and there's like a cute paint fight that started by Erotic angie and daphne yeah there's and i was like i was i the only one that wanted like angie and daphne to end up together at the end of this because like they constantly are having very cute sapphic moments um mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not the case, but do remember the queer coding when it comes to Daphne. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That is important, my friends. Mm -hmm. And then it's Charlie's birthday. Yeah, and he tries to like conceal that from everyone. And I'm like, dude, like you presumably have like a Wikipedia page. They have a file on you. (laughs) Yeah, you had to like – right. Like that's like the baseline. They definitely have your passport information. Like what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But Dave throws him a surprise birthday party and flies in Parisa. Yeah, no one from his family, like, texts him or anything to say that. Yeah, Charlie's family sucks. Yeah, he flies him in and they're like, you have no idea how hard it was to find a gluten-free carrot cake in this city. And I was just like, why does it have to be a carrot cake? It's just very random. Like, there's no indication. Maybe one time Charlie was like to Dave, he was like trying to bond and he's like, I just love Costco's carrot cakes or something. (laughs) But, like, I I looked it up. Like, I don't think a a carrot cake is not any easier to make gluten-free or vegan than any other cake. You know, like, what's – it's also it's cream cheese icing. Like the icing flavoring is like inherently animal products. So I don't yeah. know. Whatever. I it doesn't know. matter. But. but Dave and Parisa are talking. And we mentioned earlier that Parisa was always sexually objectifying Charlie, but in like a cute, fun way. <laughs> and Dave is like, why have you and Charlie never hooked up? And the tone of it is basically just like, what's wrong with my boyfriend? Why? Like, why wouldn't you be attracted to my boyfriend? Why wouldn't you want to hook up with my boyfriend, Parisa? What the fuck? <laughs> and Parisa is just like, yeah, it's just because we're friends. Charlie has also touted and told Parisa about the screenplay, which Dave isn't that mad about. But like, I feel like it's kind of a breach of trust because Parisa's like, oh, I could try to get you an agent or whatever. And Dave's yeah. like, no, no. Because Parisa's a, a publicist. Like, we know that. Publicist slash lawyer slash just like jack of all trades. Yeah. Like, well, I don't. If you're a publicist, there's a very good chance that you are like knowledgeable about like entertainment contracts and like mm. how they work. I don't know if something as big as like The Bachelor, like being on like a Bachelor like show would like not require just like a separate entertainment lawyer to look it over. But like publicists definitely like if you're like one person specific publicist, you definitely like know what standard language is and isn't. Mm-hmm. Parisa is just a jack of all trades and she's lovely. And she's going to be traveling with them over the next week or so as a surprise mm-hmm. for Charlie. And then later that night, we get the duvet thing again. Really? <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down. Oh, amazing. Dave confronts Charlie about kissing him. And they do like a whole like tough like Dave's pressed Charlie against the wall. And he's like, admit you kissed me. And he's like, see he'll move first. Yeah. And then they kiss for real. 
<laughs> because they're just both dummies. Eve is still <laughs> gaslighting him. He's like, maybe if you keep developing genuine emotional connections with the women, you'll be able to enjoy kissing them too. We'll just practice kissing. Yeah. Dave just like keeps trying to throw Charlie back in the closet. And I'm like, sir, he's like banging at the door, begging to be let out. He's kissing you of his own free will. Like what makes you think that he's straight? What are you doing, Dave? (laughs) And Charlie, is this when he says like, I think I really like you. And Dave is like, and the confession is like nitro and sour patch kids consumed intravenously. (laughs) I don't know. So freshman year of college, my friends got me a five-pound bag of Sour Patch Watermelon, which are delicious and, like, superior to Sour Patch Kids, and then wouldn't help me eat it. Like, they wouldn't – they were like, no, no, it's your birthday present. And I was like, can I – what the fuck? And then I ended up getting three cavities from this. Also (laughs) from the fact that I would, like, eat the Sour Patch Watermelon and then I would go take a nap and, like, not brush my teeth. So, like, that was definitely a contributing factor. But – Friends, just be careful. If you ever decide to order a Sour Patch Watermelon bag, make sure you brush your teeth. (laughs) Only about 30% of people agree with you on Sour Patch Watermelon being better than Sour Patch Kids on our Instagram poll. My vote counts. My vote counts as like 50. So (laughs) I like I I don't know why you're telling me this. You would like to participate in our Instagram polls. Go head on over and follow us. At we read it one night. And then, okay, so Parisa, um, she's traveling with them, but in order to like convince Maureen to let her travel with them, she has to be like participate on the show. So it's just like the classic bachelor move where like the best friend slash sister slash whatever comes in and like grills all the contestants like about, do you love my best friend? But she makes all the women cry. <laughs> and I know that shouldn't be funny, but it is. <laughs> yeah, they're like... I think uh, Jules or something is like, I thought she was going to be tough. I didn't know she was going to make them cry. Now they're flying to Munich. (laughs) And Dave has a depressive episode and Charlie is upset. But he like helps him and he cuddles with him on the bed. And he's also very upset that like none of the other crewmates are like doing anything to help Dave. They're like, why are you? He's like, why are you ignoring him? But I will help him because he is my boyfriend. And despite the fact that Dave is like telling him to leave. They once again decide to put Charlie on a horse for some reason, and Skylar, quote, won't let him wear a helmet, which is like, what? Like, why? I know, like, The Bachelor ever after can have toxic elements, but is, like, discouraging helmet riding really one of them? I feel like they always get to – yeah. They also – so they're in Munich. So they go to New New Schweinstein, which is the 2,000-piece puzzle that we're currently working on. And is the inspiration for both Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty is contested. It's definitely Cinderella. I don't know if it's contested. Maybe. I'm contesting it. So at that point, I don't know how this comes up, but Parisa is like talking to Charlie. Charlie tells Parisa that he likes Dave. And yeah. Parisa is basically like, I know. I love this this trope of like where everybody except the two main characters like knows that the two main characters are in love with each <laughs> other, which is like basically the case here. They're like, yeah, of course you're fucking in love with him. Like, dumbass. Yeah, she's like, he's your type. Like, and Charlie's like, you think my type is six foot four skinny guys with bad haircuts? And Priest is like, yeah. Like, and explain why. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> and then Charlie and Dave are bonding again. And Charlie explains why he left Winhan, which was his tech company, which he started with his friend Josh Han when they were at Stanford together. It's like best friend. Like, they were yeah, roommates for all of college. But like, Josh sucks. 
Josh is a dick. And Charlie had an anxiety attack once and um, he was trying to leave the room and Josh wouldn't let him leave. And then he had a panic attack in front of the board. And then Josh did like a midnight vote of like no confidence and kicked Charlie out of the company. So he's like trying to get back to his company. It's extremely shitty. It's so fucking shitty. I hate Josh. God, I fucking hate Josh. Yeah. And now they're zooming all over to South Africa. I just love Charlie is like full of fun facts. He's like, did you know that South Africa has 11 official languages? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he's like, do you want another fun fact? They're like, I'm sure it won't be fun. He's like, did you know South Africa has three capitals? Which I did know. It's uh, Pretoria, Johannesburg, and Bloemfontein. And it's like the economic, political, and I forget what the third one is, capital. It does have three capitals. Anyway. Wow. Now you all know. <laughs> But yeah, Charlie's like full of fun facts. Like later on, he's like, did you know South Africa has a large Indian immigrant population? And it's like, Dave did know because Charlie listened to a podcast on the way over here and insisted on reciting the whole thing from memory, which I would definitely do. Slash I do do on a regular basis. <laughs> so they get to the hotel and because Parisa is staying along with them, she and Jules are like, we're going to take the suite. And then Charlie and Dave go into like the other room and there's only like one king size bed. So it's like a pseudo. Mm -hmm. There's only one there's bed. Only one like bed. I will take it. They're sharing a bed. And then Not pseudo. It's like full on. Well, I mean, there's technically more than one bed in the suite. Like they could theoretically. They're not like they have to the pretend bed. to be upset about. They have to make a show about yeah. pretending to be mad at shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dave, this is when Dave tries to get on the bed with his shoes on. Yeah. And also he's like. Yeah, Charlie's like, it's time to unpack. And Dave's like, I don't want to yet. And Charlie's like, that's how clothes wrinkle. But like, honestly, I never unpack in hotel rooms. And like, you're on – like, how long is the flight from Munich to South Africa? I guess Munich to South Africa is not that far. But like, those same clothes have been packed since Los Angeles to Munich. So like, they've already been in the suitcase for like days, right? So like, what is a few more days going to do? And to minimize the risk of losing them in the hotel room, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not with you on this one, Charlie. They're only here for like a week. I can understand like unpacking stuff if you're going to be in the same place for like a month. But like mm -hmm. you're only there for a week. Like you got to constantly be packing and repacking. That just sounds very stressful. But mm -hmm. I guess Charlie's the one who has to be on TV. So like whatever. But Dave does it. Khakis don't wrinkle. <laughs> cargo shorts. Or khakis do. Cargo shorts don't. So now they go on like a fake slash real date in Cape Town. It feels very real. Mm-hmm. And like Charlie buys Dave's parents fancy bowls for their anniversary and it's very sweet. And then they go like up the mountain in like a cable car and Dave is afraid of heights, but like they make it and they're like, wow, this is so pretty. And Dave has been wearing flip flops this whole time. Oh, my God. And Charlie at the beginning was like, <laughs> don't do fucking wear flip flops. And Dave is like, I've been doing this job for six years. Like, I know I can do anything in flip flops. But this dumbass man gets blisters and Charlie carries him down the mountain to the cable car and like i know it's very cute but all i can think of is madame zaroni from like yeah. holes <laughs> like charlie's madame zaroni and or like dave is madame zaroni and charlie is shia labeouf like carrying him up the mountain can i just say that from the age of like eight to probably 18 this was me and like i wore flip-flops everywhere like i remember going on like family vacations and dad being like all right kids everyone's got to wear sneakers and i'd be like no i'm literally more i hate my feet being constricted like i'm more comfortable with flip-flops and that was true like I literally like I walked around Venice in flip-flops I walked around Disney World in flip-flops like but now I can't imagine like I don't know what my feet just got significantly like less tolerant I guess maybe I just like used up all their goodwill 
in those early years. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I remember you would always like bully me into doing it and then I would always regret it. But I would be like, Rachel's going to judge me if I wear sneakers. <laughs> like I have to bring flip-flops for this trip and like walk around in them. I just hated being too hot and I feel like shoes were a large contributing factor, at least in my head. I just want to know that you negatively affected me with this as well. <sighs> anyway. <sighs> Charlie and Dave go back to the hotel and they have sex. And Charlie is not only a virgin with like other men, but he's also just a virgin in general. And I love a virgin hero. I love it so much. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and it's very cute. They're like, makes sense that a practice date would include practice sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Charlie realizes, I forget what triggers this. Charlie realizes that Dave allows a lot of like toxic things to happen on the show. He kind of like calls Dave on it um, and tells Dave to go to therapy. And so they get in a fight and the next day, uh, Charlie and Daphne go on like a fake overnight on like an overnight date, which turns out to be fake. Like they don't actually have sex. It's an overnight date. And Dave is like, Charlie's not ready for this. He's like yelling at Ryan. He's like, why would you do this? And Ryan is like, because we knew you were going to freak out. Shut up. Like Charlie agreed to it. So they're both like obviously very well dave is very upset because he's jealous that his boyfriend slash not boyfriend is going on like presumably a sex date with like a hot barbie lady and charlie is just trying to like figure it out daphne and charlie have a heart to heart basically and they basically we don't find this out till later but like in this overnight because there are no cameras they basically plan to like charlie's like i'm gonna fake propose to you and daphne's like i'm gonna fake accept and we're just gonna fake an engagement for six months and then break up because like neither mm -hmm. of us really wants this so they team up and I like 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 that. And meanwhile, Dave is like drowning his sorrows mm -hmm. at the bar. And that's when he and Ryan had like their heart to heart where Ryan is like, you never let me in. And I'm like, mm, too little, too late, Ryan. Like, you should have brought this up earlier. Yeah. It's, and Dave, that's what Dave says. Dave's like trying to make Ryan feel as bad as possible. And then when Ryan finally storms off, he's like, shockingly enough, making Ryan feel like shit didn't help at all. Yeah. <laughs> surprise, surprise. I have seen that coming. Yeah. And then the next day, um, Charlie – so for those of you not familiar with The Bachelor, usually once, sometimes twice, <laughs> sometimes many times in recent seasons, there's like a random – portion of like the night portion of the group date will be like this obscure country singer who performs like a song and like the the couple dance everyone comes in and is like oh my gosh jordy corgi wow i can't believe it. it's like someone you've never heard of like no one's ever like heard of this person but they act as if it's yeah. this, like huge star they say it in the same way they would be like oh my gosh the jonas brothers or something like i don't know like yeah oh my god it's, it's like harry styles yeah and so that was supposed to happen this night. But instead, Charlie was like, I'm going to surprise my boyfriend. And he started organizing this before their fight. Um, but he brings in Dave's favorite. And like we've – Dave's constantly been listening to this artist like the whole time. He brings in his favorite artist, Leland Barlow, who is also like a queer Desi singer. And so like Dave really relates to him and he like writes about mental health. And like Dave loves him. It's his favorite artist ever. And so Charlie surprises him for his birthday? Is it Dave's birthday? It might I be. I think it's Dave's birthday. Anyway, he surprises remember. him. It's very cute. Like Dave comes out and he's like, what's going on? And then he's like, oh, and like they do like a like a they film like the dance portion of like the women and Charlie dancing. And then like all the crew comes in. They all like have a dance party and Charlie and Dave are dancing. And then they go outside and they do like a little slow dance. Um, and also before this, because Charlie was like, you're going to meet Leland Barlow. He's like. 
before Dave knows he's going to meet Leland Barlow, he makes him like dress nice. So he makes him like put on like the jean jacket and like normal pants. He's like, you can't wear like your normal shit. Like you have to like look nice for Leland Barlow. (laughs) And then Dave is also like having a little gay panic. And really like if there are just two words that can like best describe this, the entire plot of this book, it's just like gay panic. It's just constant like. (laughs) But then they go to Bali and they have a little date night there and I'm, they're on a boat because who can't fall in love in a oh, boat? Yeah. And Charlie keeps picking Dave up. I forget the context yeah. of this. He carries him into the bathroom. Is that what you're going to yeah. say? Yeah. I'm like like a rolled up newspaper. Yeah. He's like – he's just like – Dave is just like a very long string bean. I'm just picturing him being like folded up like a towel and then Charlie like carries him like into the – Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, before they went to Bali, Parisa went home and she gives Charlie a paper bag filled with condoms, lube, and diagrams for like how to have sex. Okay, yeah. Hand-drawn diagrams. Yeah, hand-drawn diagrams. <laughs> and that comes in handy tonight. So they're like – I think they have like hot shower sex. Like Charlie gives Dave like a blowjob in the shower. And Charlie is like, is your sexual attraction like a surprise to your parents? And Dave is like, no, because like at five years old, I told my parents I wanted to marry Aladdin. And I'm like – who didn't? Like, who didn't want to marry Aladdin? Like, gay or straight? Like, no matter your gender, like, who didn't? Here's the thing, though. I would only have wanted to marry Aladdin if I was Jasmine and I was, like, already royalty. Otherwise, it's, like, a life of street rathood, and I don't know if I'd be into that. I guess. I was already mercenary even at that age. <laughs> yeah, but then you find out in, like, the Aladdin, like, the third Aladdin sequel that his dad is actually the king of thieves and, like, super rich. So, like, oh, there's some course. intergenerational wealth to be had with the Aladdin family. Of course. <laughs> and then they're like snuggling in bed and they're imagining like their hypothetical imaginary alternate universe life is how they describe it um where they're like dating and they have a little house in venice beach and it's super cute and they're like oh this is lovely and then they have sex with parisa's condoms and diagrams and lube it smells like bleach and oatmeal <laughs> yeah which ble- like i get the oatmeal because of the body wash but like weird, bleach is yeah. like Okay, like, why do you want this? I guess they like lavender. So like, God knows what's wrong with their sinuses. <laughs> and um, our two lovebirds are about to have their worlds rocked because they're dummies. And now it's time for home kingdom dates. <laughs> <laughs> Where Charlie meets everyone's family. great. I am. This is when Charlie gets the text from Josh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Josh texts uh, Charlie and he's like, hey. I've been seeing the promotion for this super awesome show you've been on. It seems like you're doing much better. Do you want to meet up for brunch and talk business? What is this Josh voice? I don't know, but I think it's I think it's it trying to imitate. It the audiobook narrator also does a perfect annoying Josh yeah. voice. Like for as good as his Corella Deville Maureen voice. I don't even know which audiobook narrator does which, but like they all they both, you know, hit the spot. Yeah, so Charlie's like, "Oh my gosh, all my hopes and dreams could be realized." And he's like, "Yes." I will meet you for brunch, Josh Han. But of course, he brings Dev along. Not Dev. Dave. Dave is his emotional support boyfriend. Josh, who calls Charlie Chaz. That's first red flag. I mean, first red flag is knowing what we know about Josh Han. But he's like, Chaz, hey, bro. And basically, his whole pitch is not having Charlie come back in like any kind of leadership capacity in the company that he helped found and which his name is still half of. It's called Wind Han. Like Winshaw, Han, combined, you know, get it? Okay. And he's like, oh, actually, we're starting this new app. It's like TikTok, but a dating app. And um, you're the only one 
you're yeah, you're the only one who really knows the Winhan coding interface well enough to help us with this. So basically, they need him. They're like trying to grovel and get him back. They're they, not they groveling. Don't though. have anyone else. They're not groveling. But they're like, yeah, you could come back. And, and Charlie's like, like a job. And Josh is like, no, you would be like an independent contractor. <laughs> and like, but like they're not groveling. But like, it's because they need him, and they like realize that like they don't have anyone else who knows the whole like coding interface as well as he does. Or and Josh basically also Josh is wearing Patagonia, and he just like really like Patagonia does not deserve the the bad press that the Josh slander. Hans' personality gives him. But anyway, yeah. So Dave stands up for Charlie. He's like, "You're a dick," and I'm going outside. So Dave storms off, and then Charlie this whole time has been realizing that like, no, 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 you. You, I mean, no, Dave, Dave gives a whole like angry speech, yeah. like tirade. Yeah. He You're really downplaying up. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have it memorized. He stands up. It's the classic, like, okay. don't talk to my boyfriend like that speech. Yeah. yeah. And then Charlie, this whole conversation has been realizing that, yeah, he deserves better than like Josh and the way he was treated. And also that like, it wasn't the work that he liked. It was just the fact that he was like put like stopping himself from living by like focusing on work so much. And so he's like, yeah, mm-hmm. but I have Dave now. And like I have self-confidence that I didn't have before. And like maybe I can live. And he's been working currently with like the Winshaw Foundation, which is so fucking pretentious, but I know it's his name <laughs> that does, I guess, like charity because like, it's a foundation. And he's like, I like doing that right now. And so I'm just going to keep doing that for now and not allow Josh to stomp all over me again. And then they go out and they're just cute little boyfriends that walk into the sunset, mm-hmm. um, except not into the sunset, right into Daphne's hometown. <laughs> Poor. So Daphne basically comes – her dad's a pastor. She comes from like a very conservative – conservatively religious community um, in the South. And so Daphne has sort of like already hinted at, she's like, yeah, I've I've been trying like my whole adult life to like find the relationship that I feel like I'm supposed to be in. And I've gone on all these dates with all these guys, but it, none of it like feels right. So I'm just really excited to like, even if it's fake, like I'm, I think it'll make my parents and my family really happy to see that I'm in a relationship. Yeah. And so that's like, what's in it for her? Yeah, I mean, it goes really well. Um, Her dad is like, you're an atheist app designer. Great. (laughs) But then he's also like (laughs) has some coded homophobia because he's like, we were starting to worry when Daphne didn't bring anyone home. And I'm like, what what are you talking about, sir? I thought it – I mean, I've heard that a lot of – it's just a general worry that my child will be alone forever. But I don't know. Just the context of – I don't know. The context of it, like I just feel like – when a lot of people say that, like a lot of times it's like, oh, I was starting to worry. Like she didn't like men. I don't know. Maybe I'm just Maybe. projecting. Anyway, yeah. Zoom, zoom on forward to the next uh, crowning ceremony, and Daphne decides to free them all. She is like, I mm-hmm. don't want to get engaged. I don't. She I want to pursue myself happiness. No, the whole time this. So the whole time we've also been getting. We haven't really mentioned this because they're not super relevant to the plot. But in between cha- every few chapters, they'll be like. Um, notes for story editors and it'll be like behind the scenes stuff that like Charlie and Dave didn't witness so that we weren't privy to before and so you've been been sort of like watching Daphne's like self-realization and like sapphic experience like blossoming this whole time so it wasn't super surprising but she's basically just like I don't want to do this anymore I'm sending myself home and Maureen Scott (sighs) reveals her capitalist homophobic horrible personality once and for all and it's like no charlie and daphne are gonna get engaged at the end of this and charlie's like yeah but what if i what if i'm gay like what like 
I don't want to get engaged to a woman. And she's like, yeah, but we have all that footage of you having panic attacks and of like all this like terrible stuff. And basically she's like, I'm blackmailing you into like proposing to Daphne at the end. Yeah, she's like, you think we haven't had gay bachelors before? Like it doesn't matter as long as you dance to my tune. Like I don't care. And this is definitely not how the real bachelor works like the contestants at least can leave whenever they want right like there's no way they could no, like but the, blackball a contestant they're not blackmailing daphne they can blackmail charlie but i think the reason daphne stays is because she's there to witness all of mm. this and she's like if i leave right now like i'm screwing charlie yeah. over like i can't do that to him because they're friends like they're genuine friends like they do like each other yeah i just feel like the threat to show Charlie's – the Charlie anxiety cut would definitely backfire on the show. Like I just can't see how – especially in 2021. Like, okay, maybe it would be mutually assured destruction because like the business bros would make – would hate Charlie even more. But it would also like – the most of the people watching the show would be like, what the fuck? Like why are you showing this and like trying to make this person look bad when it's clearly like a mental health – I don't you know, know like, because just – I'm just thinking about the way like people in recent seasons have been given like villain edits when it's like very clear that like there's something up. Like there was that one guy on – um, what was it? Katie season? Tasha season? Claire season? I think it was Katie season. And he has Tourette's but like that was never spoken about on the show – and he they he mm. had like a brief episode one episode villain arc and there was just like parts where he was like making like he was like experiencing Tourette's like he was having symptoms of his Tourette's syndrome but the way that they edited it made it just seem like he was like he was like making weird noises he was like opening his mouth or something and they edited it to just make it seem like he was like going crazy and oh, I wouldn't have I known know like the only yeah. reason I found out was because he went on his Instagram later and was like I have Tourette's and Katie like reposted the bachelorette mm. reposted and was like he has Tourette's like we talked about this yeah so, so maybe it it's wasn't very easy yeah. I think to edit someone to make them look like not that they have like a mental I mean yeah like not that they That's have the a thing, mental what health problem unquote, mean yeah I just think like most yeah I think it's it's very just like the way that they like do villain edits like they mm-hmm. they know how to like edit people to make you like dislike them instead of like empathize with them yeah so during this blow up Dave does not intervene nobody intervenes but nobody intervenes yeah he slinks away so like Charlie's really pissed because nobody stood up for him. He's like, you all know like how fucked up it is. And like none of you are saying anything to Maureen and he's really pissed. But then he comes back to the hotel and he sees Dave and he there's like confessions of love. Like they're both like, I'm in love with you. But it's like it's very heartbreaking because it's like very clear that it's too late. Like Dave has just like fully started to pull away. And then the next morning, Charlie wakes up and he's like, I wonder why my jean jacket and oatmeal body wash are gone. (laughs) Dave's like hightailed it out of there, but he made sure to keep his goods. Yeah, Dave has quit the show. Like he's left, but he's like, I just like imagine him like sneaking around in the night and like, like unhooking the jean jacket and the from Charlie's hanger and like going into the bathroom and like taking the body wash, <laughs> just like wrapping it up in a plastic Walmart bag and like shoving it in his suitcase. Oh, I'm sorry, a plastic Costco yeah. bag. So then we cut to three months in the future. And Dave has gone full underground, full off-grid. He's living with his parents in North Carolina. He is not leaving the house except for biweekly therapy. And he is definitely not watching Ever After, which I have some issues about. He – I mean, he doesn't want to watch it. I get it. It's triggering. He schedules – he also schedules therapy for – like Monday, Monday night, night so that he can't his, watch Ever his parents. So he, he goes to therapy and he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure my therapist is a secret member of the fairy tale family, <laughs> which I love. 
fairy tale family bachelor nation because he gets this like little smile whenever Dave mentions the show. But once we find out like what's on the show, I'm like, and his, we find out that Dave's parents like definitely secretly watch. Yeah, he comes back from therapy and he's like, I see their guilty expressions and the crooked remote on the couch. <laughs> but like once we find out what's on the show, I feel like yes, it's Dave's boundary to not watch it, but I feel like it would have just been correcting a misapprehension to tell him because it's like. Okay. It's like if Romeo and Juliet, let's say like alternate timeline, Romeo and Juliet break up and Romeo tells his friend like, hey, I don't want to hear anything about Juliet. I just like don't want to know anything about her. But then he finds out that Juliet like dies. But there's another friend who knows that Juliet's not dead. But that friend's like, oh, well, I can't tell Romeo that Juliet's not dead because that would be crossing his boundary uh, to not hear about Juliet. It's but it's like it's to correct a misapprehension. <laughs> I know. But it's like it's to correct like – yeah, but Whatever. I think – I don't know. The way I saw it in the context of the story was that, like, Dave needed to get his shit together. Like, he needed to heal by himself, like, totally separate from his relationship with Charlie before he could be in a healthy relationship with Charlie. Like, even – like, it wouldn't have been helpful for him to have had that misapprehension corrected because he hadn't sorted out, like, all his other trauma that he needed Maybe. to work through. And Char- Dave also this whole time has been falling asleep. Like Charlie has left him a bunch of voicemails because like mm-hmm. Dave's been deleting everybody's texts from the show. He like doesn't want to know. Like he doesn't even read them, but he's kept Charlie's voicemails. And they're just basically like Charlie being like, Dave, talk to me. And there's, but there's this one, like, what is it? A minute and 42 seconds long voicemail. Mm-hmm. That's Charlie just being like, I miss you so much. Like, I don't know how to live without you. And like Dave just falls asleep to it every night. <laughs> I'm like, oh my oh. God. <laughs> and he also has been buying the oatmeal body wash by the crate, which <laughs> which made me feel better because he did take that bottle of Charlie's. And like knowing what we know about Dave's grubbiness, I wouldn't have been surprised if he made that one bottle last the full three months. So the fact that he's been like ordering it. Honestly, though, actually one bottle lasting three months is not that – I feel like that I could do that. I don't know. It shows that he's so like. Why does he need crates of it? Really... It shows that he's committed to using it for yes. the future. Yeah, and like yeah, yeah, taking yeah, bubble yeah, baths yeah. with it, like every I night. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Dave also, uh, he got an agent for his script for the script he that he wrote. Jacket. So oh, he's yeah. really, yeah, he's yeah, healing. Yeah. He's moving ahead with his dreams. And then he comes downstairs one day after falling asleep to listening to Charlie's voicemail, <laughs> and he, there's a bunch of voices in his living room, and he's like, "What the heck?" <laughs> It's like, why are there strangers in my house? But it's actually – it's the whole Ever After crew. It's Jules and Skylar and Ryan. And Ryan fixes Dave's dad's computer because, like, you know, they dated for six <laughs> yeah. years. So, like, Ryan knows Dave's parents. <laughs> yeah, Dave's – this happened – this was, like, set up the night before when Dave came home from therapy. And his dad's like, Dave, the printer is blinking again. Like, can you please fix it? And Dave's like, yeah, I'll look at it in the morning. And then when Ryan comes over, Dave's dad is like – Ryan, it, it was working since when you fixed it the last time you were here, <laughs> like when you fixed it again. I love it. But basically, they they go up and you're like, you've been ignoring us, you total dick. And Dave is, you know, feels a little bit bad about it. But he's like, you have to watch this season of Ever After. Like, we have come to force you to watch it. And mm-hmm. they do. And it, he watches. He watches it. He sits down. So – An episode of The Bachelor is like, I would say like an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes, like excluding commercial breaks. And so initially I was like, he sits down and doesn't move from this couch for like 17 hours because he watches everything but the finale. He doesn't even go to the bathroom. And he doesn't eat except when his mom literally puts him out food food in his mouth. But then the script, but then the, the book tells us that it's only been 12 hours, which is like slightly better, but still like, Jesus Christ. But it turns out that they edited it to show Dave and Charlie's love story because it's been set up throughout the book that like 
Dave has signed a release that they're allowed to use any footage where he like accidentally ends up on camera. So it's just all the like, it's like a normal season of Ever After, but like sprinkled throughout. It's like Dave and Charlie falling in love. And it's so cute. And they also have like different things that the contestants said. So like when um when Charlie brings Leland Barlow to South Africa for Dave, they have Angie being like, I think this is the cutest thing anyone has ever done for their producer. <laughs> Because Angie's like, oh my, like his quote unquote producer. Okay, yeah. guys. <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. But we also found out before Dave left that Ryan like has known about Charlie and Dave the whole time. So that's where like Ryan gets his redemption arc and this is where we find Everybody's out. Yeah. known about Charlie and Dave. Like yeah. Skylar at one point is like, yeah, I'm not fucking blind. I know everything that goes on in this set. Like mm-hmm. Ryan knew, Jules knew, like everybody was in the know because these two dummies are yeah. just like constantly looking at each other with heart eyes and like there's no way nobody else <laughs> noticed. Yeah. So then we find out. Dave is like, what the fuck? Like how like Maureen would never let this happen, that you would do this like queer edit. And they're like, well, turns out that discriminating <laughs> against people for being gay, which is what Maureen did to Charlie, is illegal. And Parisa yeah. threatened to sue because, again, she's like a renaissance woman. And, yeah. <laughs> and then the network was like, oh, we don't want that. So they fired Maureen. And yeah, then they like let them edit it. They hired Parisa as the head of PR. Oh, yeah. Which, like, how often does that, does that happen that the person who threatens to sue you ends up getting hired yeah. by you? I just for the Maybe transition. She's not like – it's not a full-time yeah. position. She's just there for the oh, transition. Okay. Yeah, and Skylar's hair is growing back because she's no – and she's no longer chugging Tums because she's so stressed for Maureen. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all doing much better and then dave like has a little panic attack and he's like i like i can't go and like grand gesture charlie right back because like whatever because it also it turns out that charlie orchestrated all of this charlie was like this is mm-hmm. how you're gonna edit this season like this is my game plan and which is is that jerry mcguiring i've never actually seen jerry mcguire but like i've seen it referenced and i feel like it's like a big like public possibly media focused grand gesture so i'm gonna say that charlie mm-hmm. jerry mcguire is dave and yeah, then Jules comes back and she's like, you – she basically just gives, like, Dave a little pep talk and she's like, you have to go grand gesture him. So the next night is the live finale, which is not – like, they're not filming, like, the proposal live or whatever, but it's, like, they show the episode and, like, people, like, react. Like, that's how it works in The Bachelor. And Charlie is very sad because he thinks that Dave has just been ignoring him and not really just, like, you know, turtling up in his little North Carolina apartment with his parents. And he's doing a – interview with mark davenport who's like the host of the show and Mm -hmm. he waltzes out to his weekly 15 minutes of work yes (laughs) then um charlie's like i don't know that i would like want to talk to dave like he's being like hedgy and dave is like oh absolutely not like my boyfriend is not gonna like put the nail in the coffin of our relationship he like sprints out like an action movie hero and charlie's like oh my god dave and david's like oh my god charlie and then like dave is like i'm sorry and charlie's like are you gonna freak out again and dave is like no i've been to therapy and then they kiss and dave like accidentally says fuck multiple times on live television Oh, yeah. Oh, they're standing on the other side. They're on the other ends of the stage before they kiss, but they're like having their like con- their heart to heart, their conversation. And Charlie is like, at one point in his head, he's like, Dave is like two Dave's lengths away. And like, yeah, I think I maybe misheard it when we were listening to it. And like, maybe it's not like he's like, he's saying he's like two steps away. But like, I heard it like he was like measuring 
the distance in Dave and Dave is six foot four. So I was like, okay, yeah. so he's 12 <laughs> feet, eight inches away from Dave on the stage right now. And I personally <laughs> would like to advocate that we all start measuring things in terms of our significant others. Like I really enjoy that. Like let's, let's bring that into the, like the romance canon. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. They kiss. And this is like, so there's several tangential lips and teeth and tongue references throughout this, but it's always like excluding lips because I guess men don't have lips. It's always like he kisses Deb with hands and his teeth and his tongue and Mark Davenport sitting there looking gleeful. Yes. And then Mark Davenport, he's like, we got to do it because they made Charlie wear a crown because like he's the, you know, the prince of mm. Ever After. And they bring out the crown and Charlie is like, will you be my prince? And then Dave gets to be crowned and fulfills all his wildest childhood dreams. Yep. <laughs> and then the epilogue is Daphne season of the they Ever announce. After Bachelorette. And she is gay. So it's a lesbian bachelorette. <laughs> and I just, oh, I was filled with so much longing when I saw this. I was like, <laughs> why can't the regular Bachelor franchise give us this? Like, please. And Daphne gets to wear a helmet mm -hmm. <laughs> on her horse riding seat. So like, I guess they only specifically didn't care about Charlie's neck breaking and like everybody else. Well, I guess gets it's like new leadership. Oh, that's yeah. true. I guess it is new leadership. All right. Mm -hmm. Charlie's so soft and squishy that they thought he would just like bounce if he but he's really not soft and squishy he's at all not. I don't he's know like, what I'm saying has but... <laughs> rock hard muscles what are you talking about yeah. I don't know anyway. anyway speaking of things that would bounce when you drop a cat they land on their feet so That's let's true. discuss the cat scale of this of this book <laughs> um Wait, side note. You know how cats are like flexible because apparently they don't have collarbones the same way we do that are like connected to other bones? Yeah, sure. So like that's why they, they can like squish their shoulders. What about their hips? Like what about – I know I could easily just like Google cat skeleton, but I don't really want to do that. I don't know, but I know that um, <laughs> cats, their whiskers, they measure things with their whiskers. So they stick their head mm. in and if it's wider than their whiskers, then they can't fit through it. So it's – the mean can. They can. cannot fit through if it's wider than – If it's wider? If it's wider than their whiskers. That doesn't like if it's sense. like their whiskers stick out from their face. You mean if their whiskers are wider than it, if it's narrower than their whiskers? Oh, yes. Yes. That's what I meant. Yeah. If it's narrower than okay. their whiskers. Interesting. Cats use their whiskers to measure. I just feel like they must have collapsible hips also or else that wouldn't make sense. Possibly. Possibly. Why isn't there like widespread anyway. hip dysplasia among the cat population? <laughs> I think there is actually. <laughs> cats. I think because I tried to Google this without Googling like cat skeleton and that's what came up is like treatments for hip dysplasia. Interesting. Interesting. Yes, but is it yeah, widespread? Like I think Shepherd. that's the real. I think well, so. I know German I Shepherds know. have it because like the purebred lobby has like fucked up dogs demonstrably. But neither of these heroes are German Shepherds. But I think – I don't know actually. I was about to say Charlie was a cat. But like now that I'm thinking about it, like I think he's just like – you know what I think he is? Charlie is like one of those – you know that Instagram account with all the senior dogs – so Charlie mm -hmm. is a senior dog, like a scrappy, Aww. like a little scrappy, just like senior dog, old man. You can link to that too. It's uh, it's like I'm, Wolfgang I'm or something. I'll find it. Wolfgang. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll yeah, link yeah. to it. Yeah, I think Charlie's a Two senior dog, like a small senior dog. Like he's like a like Aww. a small little like lap senior dog. I think that's what Charlie is. Like he he he's Wolfgang. He's Engelbert. No, yeah, because I'm pretty sure Wolfgang is the um, it's a big dog. The yeah. Irish Engelbert is the original. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Charlie's a little dog. I don't know what, what Dave is. He's very like because he because his personality is that he's very like high energy and like bopping around all the time. But he's also like so maybe he's also a dog when he's like 
on his highs, he's like a dog mm, fresh out of the shower. Dog. He's a dog fresh out of the shower, like, <laughs> zooming around the house. And then grubby. Yes. Like, and then when he's on his lows, or like a dog that has just like rolled in a puddle of mud and it, like their owner's trying yeah. to catch them and they're just like zooming around zooming the yard. Around. Yeah. But then like when he's in his depresses up, depressive episodes, he's just like a dog taking a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think either of them are cats. I think the side mm-hmm. characters are cats. I think Paris is a cat. I think Jules is a cat. I think Daphne's a cat. Daphne's a cat. Daphne's a cat. Yeah, Daphne's a cat. Angie, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Angie's dog. Angie's like cat a golden dog. retriever in like yeah. the best possible way. We need a category for cat dog from Cartoon Network. <laughs> what? <laughs> cat dog. Yeah. So neither of our two main characters, like they're both dogs for sure. And I don't think there was a lot of like growling or like mewling. No literal cats. No. Only frogs. <laughs> and horses. And horses. We established that horses don't look like cats. No, but bears do sometimes. Sure, but there are also no bears. No, sadly. Sadly. All right. Three, two, one. Three. three. Did we both <laughs> say three? Yeah, you said it on oh. delay. No, we said it at the same you time at this like, time. I was about to be like, like look seconds. at that. We said it at the same time. <laughs> no, it was so delayed. <gasps> no, I think it's because you're blurry right now and your Wi-Fi is bad. Anyway, yes. You're, you're blurry and your Wi-Fi is bad. Where can they find us, Rachel? Well, so then they can find us on Instagram at We Read It One Night, on Facebook at We Read It One Night, on Twitter at We Read It Podcast. And you can also email us any suggestions you might have um, for books or otherwise. We Read It One Night at gmail.com. Also, TikTok. be sure to – Oh, TikTok. Yes. If you want to see the infamous cake video, which as we speak, as we are finishing recording this, is at – 215.5 thousand views. Yes, siri. Wow. Crowning achievement. Um, that is also at We Read It One Night. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a review and rating. Five stars, please. Um, yes. And on any other – anywhere else you're listening, if there's a rating system, yeah. that is We know that most of you are on Spotify because we um, are tracking you. We are the FBI agents <laughs> in your webcams. We know that most of you are on Spotify. Uh, and I don't know anything about Spotify, but I don't think there's a rating system. So just like share. Share the link to like your favorite episode and tell all your friends mm-hmm. to listen. Yeah. Speaking of depression, if you would like to cure my depression – like every time, every download, every time our download count goes up, every time like <laughs> we get a like, every time we get a follow, like I get a little drip drip of dopamine. So if you would like to help cure my depression, share our podcast. <laughs> Keep listening and share our podcast. <laughs> All right. Godspeed, comrades. Godspeed.